There are all sorts of health people who work in our communities and can help us live better lives and be as healthy as we can be. But the stats show that most of us don't understand enough about health and health systems to find the best help when we need it. Hi, this is Penny Terry, and Health Speak is the podcast that talks with health people without the jargon. And on this episode, we're meeting someone who, well, I never understood what her job title meant. And as you'll find out, I got it pretty wrong. I wonder if you thought the same as me. Hello, Gina. I'm well, how are you? Now, this is a bit funny because usually you visit people at their houses. I do, I go everywhere. (laughs) And I'm going to see you at yours. Come on in. (laughs) So what, what is your job exactly, Gina? Well, Penny, that's one of the big problems, that people don't know what occupational therapy is. Often they've got no clue what we do. I always thought it was to do with my job, my occupation. Is I mean, is that common? That's very common. That's probably the biggest thing that people think. Um, but what it's really about is occupation is how you occupy your time that makes your life meaningful. So how a child occupies their time will be different from how a mum who's trying to look after a young baby will occupy her time and what's meaningful to her will be different again to what maybe someone who's frail and aged, how they occupy their time to their goals might be just to stay out of residential care. So they'll have different goals than someone else will. It makes so much more sense now. There should be public service announcements like this on TV. It would help. It would really help us. And after 25 years, I still haven't got a nice, neat definition. And if people ask me what an OT does, they've really got to want to know the answer because otherwise you can just see them glaze off into the sunset and they don't really listen. But um, it's a fantastic profession. What's an easy way to describe what you do? Um, I think probably one of the two of the words that I think we describe in OT is we're enablers and we're problem solvers. We're wanting to enable people to get back to their lifestyle that they find meaningful and we often have to problem solve to make that happen. What's needed to get that person to back, back to what to they want and what's important to them. If there is an example of someone or a couple of examples of someone you've helped recently, what is it that comes to mind for you? One gentleman I had had become a lower limb amputee. He didn't have many social supports, but he wanted to live at home. So it's looking at all the things that he encompassed in his day to occupy his time and what was important for him. So, you know, we really scale it back and we analyse what he's got to do at home. He's got to be able to get in and out of bed. His wheelchair didn't fit in next to his queen-size bed. We had to knock walls out. Um, He couldn't get in his bathroom. We had to make doorways wider. He couldn't get a wheeled commode into his shower, so the shower had to come out. All those sort of things, he had to be able to get to the sink, so that had to be modified so he could wheel under it. But I think there's that big focus from OT on enabling and we're wanting people to really take control of their health and to have that belief that they can do it. As a problem solver, what's the trickiest problem you've had to solve? And, I mean, maybe there's a few funny examples too. (laughs) Uh, Well, there's been a lot of examples over the years, but sometimes it's the simple things. I had a lady who... Her hands were like claws and when I met her I said to her, what 
what's meaningful to you? What do you want to get back to? And she said, well, I'd really like to knit and I'd like to use the computer. And I smiled and I said, okay, they sound like a good goal. But in my mind, I was thinking, what am I going to do? This is going to be really tough. So we worked together and we problem solved and we created something, you know, we moulded some foam around her that would hold the knitting needle so that she only needed a really gross type of grasp to hold them. And we got her back knitting and she was beside herself and she was knitting a scarf. She was really happy and she wanted to get back onto the computer to play games. So I made something with thermoplastics that would go over her fingers so then she could hit the keys and she hadn't been able to do these tasks for quite a few years so for her she was confined to a wheelchair to have something that she could occupy time with that she found meaningful she found great joy in that and so that gives me a lot of satisfaction. Sounds like though you've got to be pretty innovative and maybe a bit of trial and error going on. We do a lot of trial and error (laughs) and for things that work, there's always things that don't work and that's okay. And usually we have a lot of humour and you you are just walking alongside someone. I'm not telling them what to do, what's the best thing. We, we do it together and because people are different and they want to get back to different things, the situations are different and I think that's probably why OT is a great profession and why it's still interesting after 25 years. Now, what did you mention before? Polyplastics, what did you say? Oh, well, a type of thermoplastic, like it's a soft, it's a material that you can heat and you can mould. So I use it to create things for clients that, you know, aren't off the shelf. If they don't exist, well, let's try and make one. And we fit it to the person if it works for them. It's all good. Sounds like a different type of craft afternoon that you sometimes might have. I I love making things. (laughs) and, And if it seems too difficult... I'm a believer in just saying there's got to be a solution. We can find a solution. We've just got to look for it. What else have you created? We had a problem where one of my clients had to transfer from her bed to a commode off the side of the bed and it kept moving all the time and she wanted to live on her own. So this was a problem because no one was here to hold it. So we worked with a supplier and we created this pulley system with carabiners that would attach the commode to the bed. So it was solid. So she knew she could transfer on and off it safely and not fall to the ground. That had a lot of trial and error before we came up with the prototype that she was happy with. I feel like some of these should be trademarked, like they might have legs to go a bit further. She said, we could put a copyright on this. And I said, well, it's the first time it's been needed for me in 25 years. So I don't know that it's going to be a real winner. But for her, it was a good one. I just want all the stories now. These are incredible. Uh, Have you got another one? Uh, Well, another example um, was quite a while ago. I worked with a lady who had dementia. She was a younger lady. And so we were working out what sort of things she needed to do. She wanted to be able to drive. So we've organised a driving assessment. She wanted to be able to do the shopping, catch the bus and go into town. So we, we printed out bus timetables, simplified it. She had to practice reading them because she couldn't always read it. Sometimes she got it right, sometimes she didn't. And then, you know, we went to town together, but I wanted to see if she got off at the bus stop and then went to a few different shops. Is she going to get lost in town or can she find her way back to the bus and will she get back there at a certain time? Which she did, which she did really well. But, you know, one of the things we looked at when we were having a coffee, I said, oh, we better check the time. And when she looked at a watch... 
She said it was like, you know, 11 o'clock. She said, oh, we better go. It's, you know, 10 to 2. So I'd seen her read her watch before and she could do it, but she can't do it consistently. So there was a problem that just popped up that, you know, now we're getting her a watch that just says the numbers, you know, 240, 1110, which will be easier for her to manage. But I tried to get her lost in town and she she was really good and she knew her way back and she was fantastic. So we just deal with all sorts of things. How would I usually meet you? How would I come across you? Why would you come into my house or my workplace? Well, I've worked in rehab. Um, so often we meet people in hospitals after they've had some sort of life either a health crisis or a health event. It might be a hip replacement. It'd be something like a brain injury or a paralysis. It, it can range. Um, and OTs work in so many different areas, I couldn't even name them all. We work in schools. We work in management. We have people doing driving assessments. We work in mental health. Uh, we work with all sorts of medical diagnoses. So it is a very varied profession. If there are people listening to this thinking... Either I know somebody who might be able to use an occupational therapist or an OT, as we generally call you, or I need someone to help me get back to being able to occupy my time in the way that I used to, but for some reason in the system they they haven't come across you so far. How can they see an OT? There are people who work in private practice. We've got OTs who work in private practice and that's becoming more common. You can also refer to outpatient services, usually attached to hospitals, With the NDIS um, starting up, OTs are playing a big role in that. I'm hoping that there is a big focus on quality of life and, you know, that occupation which is different for everyone and getting back to meaningful hobbies and leisures and, and spending your time in a way that's meaningful so you're not sitting bored all day because it's just not good for anyone. What a job. And what a person to have in your life if you ever need it. I've put some links in the podcast show notes that'll give you more information about occupational therapy and how to find someone like Gina. While you're online, we'd love for you to help us get the word out about this podcast. Grab someone's phone and hook them up, subscribe them. Or if you could take five minutes to give us a review, that'll also help people find their way to us. All of this helps to improve everyone's health literacy because, well... We all need a bit of work, really. This project was funded by the Healthy Tasmania Community Innovation Grants through the Tasmanian Government.